Gary, welcome. How are you? Hi, Mike. How are you doing? All right. We're ready for a little college football in this world of upheaval right now. So, uh, you know, we, we've we had teams go down. We've had teams survive. First of all, uh, the U is back. That, and then let me tell you that Gary's brought to you by the U.S. Army. Join the team that makes a difference. And Mavis Discount Tires. Save on tires at MavisTire.com. Uh, also that he sadly will be uh, on the call when Kentucky takes on Georgia after Georgia had a tough week. Mississippi State, which almost uh, beat Alabama, it took them to a long way, takes on Arkansas. Right. But how about first, let's start with the U. The U put a beating on Notre Dame. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I don't know, you know, who. Uh, no one could see that big of a beating coming on. You might have been able to say, I think, you know, Miami can win this game, especially the success they've had against Notre Dame. But, you know, I think the biggest thing, uh, 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 besides the fact that Mark Rick is building the program back and the way that atmosphere was down there for that game, you have to anticipate that a lot of young high school football players will see that and get enamored with going back and playing at Miami again, because that was quite a scene. I mean, that was as good a scene as you've seen in Miami in years. And, you know, looking at some of the things I've read, outrated any of Miami Dolphin football this year. So if that could be a hot place to go again, you know, Miami could be back. I don't know if, I, I just don't really know. I've seen them play so many other games this year. I don't think they're to the level that they can make a impact against the top teams. Um, and I know they beat Notre Dame, but I wonder, you know, against the Clemson's, the Alabama's, the top of the food chain, if they're good enough. I will say this, though, on defense, they're fast enough. That is one quick defense. Very quick, and they've been taking the ball away this year with the chain of takeovers and their whole thing there. Plus, as you said, they're going to be helped by their recruiting because the one thing – Players who go there and go to the NFL, they always go back and they recruit. You got Ed Reed on the sideline. Yeah, you, yep. you got all Michael Irvin. These guys will do anything for that program to win. They'll go anywhere to recruit a player. And, and it's very, they'll very help. similar to what right. USC was. Yep. Uh, you know, when it was a happening place to play football there. And, uh, you know, how could you, if you were a young 17, 18-year-old, you know, and Ed Reed is talking to you and on the sideline or Michael Irvin is talking to you on the sideline, I mean, uh, that's very, you know, impressive for no a young question. player. And I, I could see that happening. Yep. I frankly didn't see it happening this year. Uh, but, you know, give Mark Rick credit. credit. Uh, incredibly, on that day, when Georgia had such a tough football game, the coach that they let go had such a big game in Mark Rick. And, and ironically, again, is the fact that Mark Rick w- made a change here at Georgia was because he couldn't win that big game here at Georgia. And he... Well, at least he's got Miami on the path to their next big game. Now, everyone wants to put a hole in Wisconsin. Now, this week, people will get to see if Wisconsin Wisconsin at least plays a team that they can gain something from playing Michigan uh, at home in a big game. Now, this Michigan team is not great. We know that. But still, they're Michigan, Harbaugh, a win. This is a big quality win if they get it. It is, and I, I think that's one of the things last week watching the game with Georgia. I know Georgia has a great tradition and history, a long history of great football, but the current crop of Georgia players have not experienced the rarefied air and the media attention and the social att- media attention of being at the top of the food chain, being one, two, three, or four. And, you know, teams like Alabama and Clemson and 
you know, Oklahoma are used to that, and their players are used to playing in games when everybody's watching them. Well, now game day from ESPN will be there, and it'll be Wisconsin next. It's their big stage because I think now, you know, two weeks ago, most of the talking heads in college football were saying that even if Wisconsin wins out, which I frankly thought was silly, but that they would have to struggle to make it in the playoffs where now everybody knows. Most, most importantly, the Wisconsin football players know that if they win out, they're going to be in the playoffs. So like Georgia had to experience last year, I don't know if these Wisconsin football players are used to handling a big game against a team like Michigan or even Auburn is used to it because of their recent history in national championships. So it'll be a quality win if Wisconsin wins this game. The other thing is the big winner in recent weeks is Clemson. They got themselves back in the mix now. Yep. Well, I don't know if they were out ever, but you're right. The way things have broken for them, they needed Miami to keep winning. They want to play Miami undefeated. That's their best path. I do believe that Clemson and Miami both control their own fate of getting into the playoffs. There's nothing the committee can do to vote them out if Clemson or Miami wins out. Now, you know, there may be speculation about, you know, a bunch of different upsets and we can talk about what might happen. Could the loser of that game be in? It would take a lot, and and you know I don't know if I'd be for that, but it it could happen. And uh, the other loser, you know, if Alabama lost one of the next two games, could they still be alive? To me, if the chalk holds, um, that being Oklahoma wins out, either Miami or Clemson wins out, and Wisconsin wins out. The loser in the SEC, whether it be Auburn, Alabama, or Georgia, will be out. Only the winner will be in the playoffs. Talking with Gary Danison, as we do about college football each weekend. You know, everyone was to the point where, oh, wow, we're talking about Alabama beating these SEC teams by 50. Right. And now the last couple of weeks, they've they've not struggled. I mean, they, they beat LSU by 14. No one was happy. Right. And then last week, they're in a tie game with Mississippi State, and then they just, you know, come down the field in the last seconds and uh, put the ball in the end zone to win the game uh, and a game that looked like they were going to win it on a late field goal. Instead, they ran into the end zone. But they had their hands full in Mississippi State. They did, but they showed what Alabama has shown in the past, that they're the most clutch team for the past nine years. They've been doing this. They, they've always had a game every year where they've struggled to win. And, and you know whether it was Arkansas in the past or, or a tough game here or there, that they had to pull out and, and win at LSU a couple times. Air J. McCarron had to do it. Jake Coker had to do it. Um, I remember even Greg McElroy had to pull out a game in his championship uh, a run against Auburn with a two-minute drive. So this is an unusual, uh, especially the fact that it does seem that the Alabama players are very clutch. Uh, even the loss to Clemson last year, remember Jalen Hurts scored on that last drive before that defense couldn't hold up. What they faced in that game was a player that's just as clutch in Deshaun Watson. So, you know, I would assume that all of these teams will come to that point where the pressure is going to be on them and the champions make those clutch plays. You know, that's the one thing uh, I, I think is uncoachable and it's hard to ever uh, attain. You're either a clutch player or you're not. And Jalen Hurts might be as good a clutch player as I've seen in college football to, with some of the big names of the past. Talking with Gary Danzer, let me ask you the question that will be bandied about a lot, and it always is. Is it enough for Nick Saban to be the most prolific college coach since Bear Bryant in terms of what he's done? Yeah. And- 
or does he have to go and hunt down that that elusive title in the NFL one more time? And I mean, go yeah. where he knows where. I know he's told people, and, and, and wisely so, he wouldn't go back unless he went to a place where they had the quarterback. Well, the quarterback is sitting in Indianapolis if he's healthy, and Harbaugh sees him there, and there's rumors about that, and then Saban right. sees him there. Does that, does, is that enough to attract a Saban to try and take on the big guys, or is he content to have built this kingdom? And he's got a kingdom. Let's let's be honest. He's going to be the winningest right. guy since Bear Bryant. I mean, this, that's what he's going to be. He's going to be the most prolific coach since Bear Bryant. Uh, you know, and it, I don't mean just at Alabama. I mean nationally, the most prolific winner since Bear right. Bryant. I mean, and he's won. I mean, he's already won what four? Is it four national titles? I think four, right? Is it, five. 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 Yeah, five. Sure. Okay, five. Well, I, I yeah. do think that I do think. It's it's not going to happen now. Uh, three or four years ago, if you would ask me that question, I would have think he would be intrigued. Um, Nick is sixty six years old now. So you think he's done? Um, you think he's done? I, I, well, I I think what he's doing is is worthwhile for him. Oh, I, I understand great, that. I, I, listen, I, I just wondered if he'd be attracted. He doesn't have to do it. But, no, and, and his last and his last stay in the NFL was very unhappy. He was very right. miserable in his last stay. Obviously, he's going to do it. I had a great conversation with Mark Stoops, the head coach of Kentucky. Game we're doing the Kentucky Georgia game this week, and I I asked Mark. I said, you know, um, he took on a job that's not an enviable job. Kentucky football that's tough in this conference. You know, I said. At now, four and a half years later, do you think it's a harder job or a better job? Or, or, or and, and Mark said what I, I believe. He said there are no easy jobs in, in college football. It's just different expectations. And I think Nick is getting enough out of the, the pleasure of coaching and building you know, Alabama where the expectations on Kentucky might be to get to a bowl game and challenge sure. for the, the championship every once in a while. The expectations and pressure at Alabama is, you got to win a championship every other year or it's considered a bad year. So I, I believe he enjoys what he do, is doing. I believe he sees himself at the precipice of being named, you know, forever if he retires from Alabama. When you, I don't know how big that class is of the, the best top coaches, but from now on, it, whatever class size you pick, you have to put Nick Saban's sure. name well, in yeah, there. I mean, I you, go, I, you know, I, you go Rockney, Leahy, Paul Segan, add in the guys that come after yeah, that, like Bear Bryant. You, yeah, right. yeah, that's so, it. Yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. name a, a list and not include him in there, and I think he's going to finish it off in college now. I, I didn't know about that before, but now I think, uh, you know, he's going to just uh, finish off at Alabama. And do you think they are – Easily the best team as far as no, I've never thought that. I I, I did not agree with the the, the common thought that uh, Alabama and Georgia were, was much better than everybody else, and there was a, a canyon between them and everybody. I, I I thought that was a silly talk. I think Alabama has a very good football team. They have a special player in Jalen Hurts. I, I think you know they've been really rocked with injuries. I was not surprised. And Mississippi State gave them a game coming off the physical game they had to play prior to the Mississippi State game. Uh, I, I didn't know if it would be that close, but I figured that Dan Mullen, who's coached against Nick Saban's defense a lot and has a unique style in that stadium, would give them a good game. Um, but, you know, this is a team that has lost a lot of players at one position. And as great a coach as, you know, Nick Saban is, I mean, when you lose talent over more and more talent at one position it affects you um they will get healthy you know they they're holding Mika Fitzpatrick out this week to make sure he's healthy for the Iron Bowl they will get healthy but I don't know if this year's team is a vintage 
defensively as I've seen some of their championships. They do not dominate the defensive line the way they have in past championships. They And they also have been hurt at edge rushers because of injury. So I just don't see this team as dominating. I think they're a threat. You might even call them the the prohibitive favorite, but I don't think they're as dominating as they've been in the past. And I think the top layer of football teams, if they play a good game against them, can beat them. They might not beat them, but I think they can beat them. And I can tell you this, and you're double-headed this week, the first game's Arkansas and Miss State, and that right. game will be closer than people think it's going to be because it will be impossible for Miss State off that game they played Saturday right. night to have a lot, a lot in the tank against even a bad Arkansas team in, 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 at Arkansas. That will be a very tough I – know, I know Arkansas is not a good, but I, that will be a tough game for them for Mississippi State to, to play. Well, the main talking points in our conference this year, yeah, of course at the top. You know, what Auburn's controlling their fate of getting back in there, especially after the upset of Georgia. Georgia, you know, rebuilding back to get there in the championship game. Can they beat Kentucky and Georgia Tech to get there with only one loss? I think the main topic around this conference this week has been who gets the Florida job and who gets the Tennessee job. It has been nonstop in this conference. Well, it, it sounds like, and, you know, I thought, I mean, I've heard Kelly's name, but there's also a real push for uh, Strong to get the job, huh? Well, I think Scott Frost's name is in the middle of this thing, too, at okay. Central Florida. He's undefeated with his football team. He's got a great background of being a coach at Oklahoma um, I, you know, he's fresh, innovative, got a great offense. I think he is in the mix. Not sure about Tennessee where they're headed yet. They're, you know, they, they, they flew into Tampa to talk to John Gruden. I don't know if John takes that job or not, but you know, I don't think he does. At, I don't think and the change in athletic director at, at uh, Arkansas. There's also the possibility that Brett Bielma could be, you know, finished at Arkansas. So now there's another change. There is the hot rumor that Gus Malzahn, who grew up his coaching career in Arkansas, uh, you know, could be flopping and going. Can you imagine him, uh, you know, beating Alabama, winning the SEC championship, and then switching schools? I mean, there is just so much talk in this conference in the midst so of the playoff. So who do you think? Now, you know this more than anybody. You think Florida will go to Frost? Is that what you think? That's my prediction. I've and, been who, on that who goes to Ten- and who goes to Tennessee? I, am, I can't get a handle on Tennessee. That's a tough one. Uh, you know, I... Um, I don't know, Chad Morris, MS, uh, SMU, Mike Norvell from Memphis. I, I, I don't know if that's a big enough splash for them. Um, but, you know, I, I think. How long before somebody go. reaches in for the craziness of Lane Kiffin? Lane, Lane's doing a good job. Doing a very good job. Doing a very I good think, job. I think everybody's going to want to see him do it one more year. You wish I, he I, didn't I, do the stuff he does, like tweak everybody all the time, including his ex-coaches and everything else. I mean, because that's what keeps him from getting jobs is the stuff he does, you know? Um, yeah, and that, and that is part of it, you know. That's he, part of him. He has some, some personal issues that, uh, you know, didn't play well in Alabama, yep. and, and it, it didn't end well. I, I wish he could have finished that thing off last year. I, I still, to this day, I, I've known Steve Sarkeesian forever, and I still to this day believe that if Lane would have been able to last one more week there, they would have won the national championship a year ago. 
Yeah, I tell you, it hasn't gone well for Caucasian. It hasn't gone well for him in Atlanta either. I tell he you. had a good week last week, though. I yeah, watched that finally. Game. Yeah, but, yes, yeah, he did. Yeah, finally. So, All right, listen, we'll talk next week. Thanks, Gary. All right, thank you very much. All right, Gary Danielson on college football. So not a great week of games this week, and uh, Notre Dame tries to get healthy against Navy. Be careful. That's a hard team to play. You're down. You got embarrassed last week. Now you got to play Navy. Not an easy game to play. Navy drives you nuts. Now, they can't stop anybody when they're on that level, they can't stop the other teams. But they can score on them, and they'll try to keep the ball, and they'll keep it four downs and try to keep it forever, and they'll go on every fourth down they can, and they, you know, they'll play them a crazy game. They really will. That's the way Navy plays. Back after this.